Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. Hey, Cody. How is it going, buddy? Uh, you know, pretty good. Pretty good, for the most part. Pretty great. You're supposed to ask how I'm doing now. Go on. Oh, sorry. I don't actually care. Oh, I, come I, I on. I just assume. Come on. I'm willing to sit here and listen to you tell me about yourself. I'm not willing to act interested in it. <laughs> Anyways, Jordan, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. You are the worst person ever. I'm doing pretty good. This week has gone by super fast. Anyways, as we... I disagree. Oh, really? Has it been fast? Yeah, I have. I, you know, I got a new project at work, uh, and it's it's pretty... It's pretty rough. It's pretty painful. Uh, I'm in between projects at okay. work, so everything's going pretty smooth for me. Lucky. <laughs> but anyways, um, as we usually start these episodes, what have you been watching, listening to, reading, enjoying recently? Okay, so I started playing Breath of the Wild again, and I just got back all of my memories. Ooh. I don't know what that means. And I... Have you not played Breath of the Wild? No, I don't have a Switch or Wii U. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, no, it's really great. So, oh, crap. real quick thing. Game of the year last year when there were better games. Oh, my gosh. You don't know that. I, you don't I know don't that because you've never played Well, it. there were other games that were heavy contenders. Here's my point. Two things. One, I've never had so much fun doing nothing in a video game <laughs> where I'll turn on Breath of the Wild and I just wander around and find cool stuff. And I've been playing the game for a very long time and I'm still finding new cool stuff that I don't mean to find. You know what I mean? I just wandering through a field, and then over there, something cool just happened to be there. Neat. The whole world is full of cool stuff. I love that. It's not like Skyrim at all, where you can walk forever, and all you find is spiders. Yeah, no, that's um, awesome. And I mean, I felt kind of the same way with Horizon Zero Dawn, where I would just get lost in hunting stuff and just finding little alcohols and things. It doesn't have nearly as much as Breath of the Wild does, I will give you that. But I mean, it was my game of the year last year. Anywho. I was about to ask if Horizon Zero Dawn has hot anime babes. and Because, you know, like Breath of the Wild kind of does. Because they have to make everyone hot in that game. Yeah. And and then I realized it, it does. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, the main character. Yeah. Oh. I mean. Oops. See, okay. So I mean, I didn't think. <laughs> like, honestly, if Aloy, the character in Horizon Zero Dawn, was a real human being, I would find her attractive. But like, in the game, I'm not like, I don't care. She's not like, oh man, she's hot. I'm playing this hot girl. It's just like. Okay, she's there. You don't just stare at her cartoon butt no. all the time. I honestly, I... Jordan, you're boring. I don't think I've ever sexualized her in that way. No. I mean, I stare at Link's hot anime butt the whole I mean, time. and well, you should. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, so Breath of the Wild was very good, and I'm sure so is Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. But, so part of the game is when you wake up, you don't know who you are, you like don't remember what happened. Mm-hmm. And part of the game is rediscovering that you're, like, the chosen special hero of time or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and the way you do that is you go to all these different locations around the map. And the way it works is you just get a picture. And then you just have to look at the picture and figure out where that is on the massive map. You know what I mean? And that, as a puzzle, was super rewarding. Because you'd have to look at profiles of mountains in the background and try to work out where all those different places were. That's and then cool. line up the picture and then once you got it lined up right, you'd have a flashback. And that kind of tells the story of what happened in the okay, past. Okay, that's pretty cool. And so I just finished that this week, and it was super cool. Like, I was just, I was on the edge of my seat getting the last few memories, because they kind of, like, all went together and told a story. And, yeah, I just, I loved it. I thought it was a really creative mechanic to put in the game. And, you've and it made me care already, a right? lot or about the characters. Or have you just started it? 
No. Mm-mm. I'm I'm super slow at beating video games. I quit halfway through and then pick them up months later. Yeah, so I'm three quarters of the way through the game. And this was kind of the last side quest that I needed to beat before I'm really going to like finish the game now. Basically, all I have left to do is fight Ganon. Okay. That's, that's pretty awesome. I... See, I've wanted to play that game when the trailer first came out at E3 last year. I was so, well, no, E3 two years ago, but I was so pumped and so ready for it. But then it's like, I don't have a Switch or a Wii U, so I'll never, ever be able to play this. But ma- Jordan, the answer is obvious. Come come and visit me, and you can play it all yeah, you want. Yeah, but then that will only be for like 24 hours, and it's like a 200-hour game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No, you can beat it in like, I think, 30 minutes. Yeah, is the you record. can run to the end and beat it, but... I want to in- yeah. see because I'm going to end up doing what you just said and just exploring and walking around finding things, f- making food, shooting things. Yeah. Like, oh hey, can I can I climb up that mountain? I can climb up that mountain and climb up that mountain. Like I want to have fun with it because I like the open world game. I'm kind of getting burnt out on them. Um, Assassin's Creed um, killed me. It sucks. Yeah, but- there's it can be done poorly, yeah, and, that, that and I think Breath of the Wild is it done perfect. Like. Horizon Zero Dawn did it really well. God of War is doing it really well. Where God of War is a world that is open, but it's not an open world. So I I like yeah, that idea. I know I'm what a, you mean. I want to play Breath of the Wild because it does look like an actually well done open world game, unlike Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, it's it's a game that doesn't hold your hand. It drops you on the map and just says, go oh, have an Final adventure. Oh, if Final Fantasy 3 you, know? you, Final what? Fantasy 3 literally drops you down a hole and says, go adventure. It's, oh, I haven't. It I've literally starts the one for DS starts you out in a dungeon and says go. I should I should play that game. I have a DS. Yeah, I could it, play it. it. It was fun, but that was one I needed a game guide with because it's one of the ones where you have to talk to certain villagers to find out where to go next. And I was like, I I, like I have used I've used the internet twice in Breath of the Wild. I, I I quit two times. I'm fine with game guides. I am fine if you get stuck to use a game guide. There is, I try to avoid it, and for me, part of the fun of Breath of the Wild was not using a game guide, and just kind of having my own adventure. As a result, I missed a lot of stuff, and I did a lot of things wrong, but I think that it, that kind of just, I'm going to go and look around mindset that comes from not having a game guide made it really fun, and I really loved that part of the game, so I I wouldn't trade that. But I, I, I'm okay with game guides well, to a point, I, I guess. Like I've been, full disclosure, I've been using a game guide for God of War just because, A, I'm, I'm running out of, like, free time to do, like, fun things like video games. So I want to <laughs> yeah. play it once, get all the stuff, fight the, like, special, like, secret bosses off the side. I want to do that all in one go rather than having to play it multiple times through. So I am using a game guide to kind of hold my hand through some of the parts where it's like, oh, hey, you have to find this one treasure chest in the back or else you're never going to unlock Niflheim. It's like, oh, okay. Is there... When you fight bosses in that game and, like, big monsters, is there very specific strategies for them? Um, not very specific strategies, but there are, like, some bosses, like the Ogre, has a very high defense, so you want to get in there with a lot of heavy attacks. Other ones, is just a lot of dodging and, like, long-range stuff. Um, those special bosses that I've been fighting pretty much is what's keeping me in the game so hard are the Valkyries. And they're the ones where you have to have a special strategy because they're like the call and answer type bosses. Like, when this boss does this attack, yeah. you want to do this. If you see the boss fly up into the air, 
you want to shoot them because they're about to kill you. Yep. Because <laughs> I was going to say, Dark Souls is a game where I thought I was going to play that game without a guide. And then I got to a boss that I couldn't beat and had to do hours of research on how to beat this yeah, boss. Not hours, Dark but you know Souls what I mean. Dark Souls is a very call and answer like when it comes to bosses. Like You have the general yeah. strategy of shield up, counterclockwise walk around them as they're doing all their stuff. But there is a lot of... If Poke you see the this ball Poke start to do this, you want to do that. And I like that about Dark Souls right. a lot. There... I would always try to... My rule was I'll never look at a guide the first time I True, fight a boss. Yeah, I did the same. So my first sitting, I'm going to go in and fight this boss, and I'm going to get wrecked like 10 times. There's two bosses that I beat go, on the first okay, try, and I was so happy. Go to the guide. Three bosses. I, I think there were a couple. There was, um, the, it, uh, I'm trying was, to remember. There were three bosses that I beat on the first try. Dark Souls 3, there was a couple more than that. And there was one boss where I beat on the first time I got to his second phase, where it's just like, I saw the Matrix for what it was, and like he would do the attacks, like, oh, I'm supposed to do this when he's doing that. And then, like, lightning starts coming down in Dark Souls 3, like, and you can easily get hit. It's like, okay, I want to stay at this range because he's going to come to me. If I go to him, I'm going to get struck by lightning. I cannot think of a single boss that I beat on the first try. I'm trying to think of one. Nothing comes to mind. I may have beaten the wolf on the first try. Oh, man. Sif is crazy, dude. I think I might have beaten Sif, because Sif was kind of a tailor-made boss for yeah. me to beat. Oh, the, um, But other than that, I don't Dark think Souls I ever 3, beat something they kind on the first of do try the giant Souls. Great Wolf thing again, and that was a fight where I, I was expecting, because I knew it was coming, because I was reading like some of the, it was a DLC, so I was reading, it was like, oh, here's some hidden stuff over here, and it was optional boss, so I went down thinking I'm going to lose it the first time, you had to fight this like pretty much stock soldier with the shield. You beat him, then suddenly the great wolf comes at you, and I somehow beat him on my first try the easiest way ever. I was like, oh, that wasn't challenging. I I expected to do this at <laughs> least three times. <laughs> right? It's a little bit of a letdown when you beat a boss. You're like, wait, this is this was supposed to be four hours of my life. Yeah. What the heck? Now there, but anyways, um, so Breath of the Wild is what you've been reading, watching, doing? Yep, I would say that's pretty accurate. Anything else? Nothing really comes to mind. I've been listening to some detective novels written by the same person that wrote Harry Potter, but under a pseudonym. They're okay. Solid B. Yeah, I'm finishing up Harry Potter, which is great. I started reading Uprooted. It's it's Howl's Moving Castle, but more adult. It's It's so good. It's really good. I like how they develop her magic in it. It's really cool. Yeah, isn't that fun? Has she found the book yeah. yet? And it's just like, because it's her magic is kind yeah. of like cooking. Like you could follow an exact recipe or it's like you could do a pinch of this, like kind of go through it. And I just, I really like the way they developed her magic. It's a really good book. You, you got me, Cody. You freaking yep. got me. I, I've been telling everyone I can talk to to read that book yeah. as much as I can because it is amazing. It's a really good book. And then the other thing I have been enjoying recently is I started watching the new season of Fully Cooly. Gonna oh, say... Yeah. Um, it does not live up to the first one. It is a completely different thing, and I think that it should be treated as a completely different thing. It's is it the same characters, just older? It the only character so far that is from the original is Haruko. She is the only thing that which one's Haruko? The pink hair chick, the like main character chick. Oh, okay, okay. So the one on the the one on the uh, Vespa. Yeah, the yes, Har- okay. Haru Haru Haruko. I don't remember names. <laughs> Her, her name was a joke in itself. But anyways, so she's the only one that carries over. And it's following... It's doing the whole coming of age thing again. But it's following 
this girl Hidomi, who is pretty much like super introverted, um, wears these cat headphones. You've probably seen them. So just like kind of shut out the world, even though there's no music ever playing. She just shuts out the world, really quiet, really keeps to herself. And then also follows her classmate Ide, who is like the boisterous, like well, on the surface is the boisterous, like, oh my gosh, I'm so great. And oh, I'm having an affair with the teacher type thing. But it's actually the teacher turns out to be Haruko, by the way. And she's using him exactly how she used the main character for the first one. So it's that kind of thing. But um, but it's just it's good. They kind of went more of an anime route this time rather than doing just like a weird comedy. Just, just FLCL is very anime. It, well, it's, it was more. It was not put together like the usual anime with the usual tropes. It really felt like a lot of the times that someone vomited on the page and said, "Okay, let's keep going." Okay, that's fair. I, I was gonna try to question you, but. It's that's fair. It's not as sporadic as the first FLCL, and a lot of and actually the second episode because it's only on the second episode. Third episode comes out this week on Saturday, but the second episode there's actually a lot of like ambient noise and silence rather than being carried by the soundtrack, which the first one was carried by the soundtrack a lot. So the that's the very pillows true. are still great. They still got it. Yeah, and, but uh, and I, I like it so far, but I think it should be treated as a completely different thing. I don't think you should hold them up to the same thing. They do. It's very it's very stock anime so far. Well, I mean, that can be yeah, OK. No, it's, it's, we'll it's we'll see. I'll, I'll have to give it a shot. I will. I'm probably going to wait until it's all out and then watch it in kind of one big binge watch. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a bad idea for me to be watching it as it comes out, because now I'm like anticipating each episode. It's like, oh, what's going to happen next? Yeah. But yeah, no, it's. It's good. It's not as great, but it is good. I don't think it's going to end leaving me feeling the same way I felt after I watched the first one. I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. I have to rewatch all these episodes right now. But I think it's still good. Yep, not, it's not I get nearly you. as funny, though. Huh. It kind of loses some of the, <laughs> the magic of the first one then a little bit. I think if you're going to try, I think try it after it's all out and then just see. It's also only six episodes, so even if you don't like it, I think it's still worth watching through it. <laughs> right you're not like you're not invest- like it's not like other animes where gundam is like 65 episodes this is only six it's not you like can watching watch bleach it. you can watch it in an afternoon and just be done with it that's kind of why i want to wait for it yeah. to come out is it 20 minute episodes or hour episodes minute episodes like the, u- yeah. the usual yeah so you can single half hour episodes yeah you can basically watch that in one yeah. sitting <laughs> that's what i that's kind of what i did with the first one i watched the first two episodes in one day then i watched the rest of them the next day <laughs> yep Yep, but anyways, uh, yeah, that that's me. Um, other than there's probably something else I'm leaving out, but other than that, things have been things have been good. It's time to get to this world that I'm not too excited about. I'm I'm really excited about mine. Actually, I kind of love mine a little bit. I think mine um, is fine. How do you feel about yours? I think mine is fine. I'm preemptively giving mine an A plus. Okay, let's see it. Um, okay, roll for initiative, my friend. Oh, the other thing I did, which I can talk about on another episode, is I played D&D with um, Mel as the DM and then played it with Anthony and Christina's brother. It was great. Mel's a great, fun DM. The only thing I hate is when she's... I'm like, okay, can I try to, like, like, see this? You can certainly try. It's like, ah, I know I can certainly try, but I want to make sure that this isn't completely stupid. (laughs) But yeah, no, she's a really good DM and it was a really fun time. Um, I... Almost ended up killing myself, but she basically let me have a second go at it. So she's also a benevolent DM. 
But the short, like, long story short, that, is I thought good. it was going to be a dream world. So I'm like, okay, I walk off the edge. And so I walked off the edge. She's like, well, everything fades to black. And it's like, oh, wait, did I just die? She's like, yeah. I'm like, well, I have an immovable rod on me. Can I just, like, say that I pressed the button? She's like, roll for dexterity. I ended up getting it. And so she let me, after pretty much 30 minutes of gameplay, let me climb back up to the path. <laughs> So she's benevolent. <laughs> she shouldn't, like, honestly, thinking back to it, she shouldn't have let me live. But she pitied me because she. I, I don't know. She pitied me because she's like, yeah, I don't want like, you just to be sitting there watching other people play. I'm like, okay, thanks. Yeah, that's the weird thing about D&D where I'm, I'm in not. I'm very much in the school of non lethal D&D, especially because I record it. So, I mean, it's not the end of the world if a character dies, but at the same time. Eventually, like the campaign that we've been playing, we've been doing for what, two years yeah. of us playing this game. And if suddenly one of us just wasn't there anymore, it's kind of like at that point to me, the game's over. You know what I mean? I would want to start over completely. I wouldn't want to just roll up another character and drop him in the middle of the story that in some sense revolved around my character. You know what I mean? Like the story's specific kind of to yeah. us. So then well, if, if I died, it would just be like, well story's over for me so I, I guess i'll just play something else now yeah and i mean we did a one shot so it was fine but anyways yeah i yeah then lethality is yeah, a little uh, bit more um, kosher, anywho, i think do you roll already i did i, I already rolled what i think you're going first i rolled a 16 yeah you're going first i rolled a six woo <laughs> woo all right i'm yeah, excited i rolled i thought this was my high roll and die but apparently it's not go you're good yeah. all right yeah you ready Okay, I'm starting with the story part of this. I, I, that wasn't what I was planning on doing, but I kind of just decided I'm going to do this out of order. Um, all right, so my story is called Notes of Judge Sean. I should have known there would be trouble. There's always trouble when it rains. I'm only happy it when it rains. Night. It was a miserable night, and a woman walked in through my front door. She instantly gave me a bad and feeling. And said, I'm only she happy me the when it rains. Jordan, I hate you. Right? Okay, I'm doing like a voice. I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be giving it like a noir feeling right okay, now. I'm sorry. I'm done. She gave me the... Jordan, can I tell my story? All right. I should have known there would be trouble the moment she walked through the door. It was raining, and there's always trouble when it rains. She gave me the oldest story I've ever heard. Husband died in a robbery gone wrong. She says he was a hard man, but fair. Had bad luck and worse friends. Not his fault. I was all set to tell her no, but her long legs and <laughs> doe's eyes started to convince me, and the waterworks sealed it. Like I said, it's always trouble when it rains. I'm happy when it rains. Monday, 11.30. About four hours later, I'm considering a new career. If I didn't need next month's rent from this job, I would have just stayed in my office. Right now, I'd be just about to doze off in my chair, listening to the sound of cars and people walking past my window. Sounds like heaven. But no luck. The temperature's rising and my skin's starting to get dry. My eyes start to water. Hell is a real pain. I reach the barren slums and make my way through the streets to my contact. I keep a hand on my revolver and the other on my secret weapon. A few denizens shout at me, but none of them try to start any trouble. Tuesday, 12 a.m. Oz is all right. I mean, he's a demon and he's pure evil, but 
We get along fine. He knows I pay well for information. When I walk in his shop, the smell of sulfur and vomit wafts off of him. The massive horned demon sits there smoking, and I pull out my secret weapon. A double cheeseburger. No good food in hell, so a cheeseburger can pay for most anything. Oz tells me the location of my man. Well, he... Oh, sorry. Oz tells me the location of his man while he... Uh, well, in ecstasy over his hamburger. I drop the fries in front of him to show my thanks. <laughs> I head over to the rat's nest that my con- my con- I head over to the rat's nest that my man is living in. Tuesday, 1 a.m. I'm backing my way towards the portal that I just came from, bleeding from several cuts, a broken nose, and one bite wound. No sooner did I get to the dump my man was living in than I was jumped by a bunch of thugs and him. I chucked my secret weapon, another cheeseburger, into the crowd, and that gave me the moment I needed to jump for cover and pull my revolver. Fighting broke out, and the rest is history. I managed to make it out of there alive, but only barely. I should have known. Never trust a name with those eyes when it's raining. Okay. All right, so that's my story about Judge Sean. That was probably the best story that you have ever written. I love that so much. I'm... I'm cheating a little bit, and I'll explain no. why when I get to the end. But, okay. Oh, that's so funny. And I threw a cheeseburger at them. Wait a second. Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, do you ever have that thing where you write a bunch of notes, and then you don't have your notes in order? Hey, Cody, remember last week when you, well, two weeks ago, when you lost a page, well, you thought you lost a page, and then said, oh, crap, I should have numbered my pages. <laughs> Uh, because I'm stupid. Okay, so we're going to talk about my world now in, in, you know, big terms. So, it's it's a flat earth, because I like You're flat earths. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's just that it's not a sphere, for reasons that will become apparent. Um, so, it's a flat earth, and the reason it's flat is because if you go down far enough, you hit hell. And if you go up high enough, you get <laughs> heaven. So, heaven and hell are both places that exist... Earth, as I call it, looks basically exactly like our Earth. That's not the interesting part. So Earth, whatever, who cares? Yeah, but it's flat just because it's supposed to kind of be reminiscent of the way in Greek mythology, you know, how you could walk to, you know, the underworld or you could, like, get to heaven by climbing Mount Olympus. Kind of that same idea where those are actual places that exist. So doesn't really work for it to be a globe when going up would just eventually get, you know what I mean? doesn't make sense. Anyways. So, hell is perpetually hot and uncomfortable. It's not burning, per se. Like, it's not on fire, and if you go down there, you don't instantly burst into flames. It's more similar to a sunburn all the time. It's massive and acrid, but not deadly, per se. So, people can live there without dying. Um, It's just everything down there sucks. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's why when he was climbing down the stairs to get there, his eyes started to water and his skin felt dry because it's just like perpetually uncomfortable. Heaven, on the other hand, is the constant feeling of going to a temperature that is comfortable. So you know that feeling you get when you first walk Mm -hmm. into air conditioning? That's what heaven is all the time. So, you know, it'll... You'll feel like, oh, I'm just getting comfortable in this cool temperature. And then you're like, mm, I'm getting a little too cold. Then it warms up a little bit. And then you're like, oh, I'm getting a little too warm. Cool breeze wafts through, cools you right back down. 
You know what I mean? So it's kind of that constant so pleasant ebb and flow of always feeling it's the always transition. In the middle of being good, but it's never good. Well, no, because if it was just if it just felt like air conditioning all the time, that would get boring and suck eventually. So it's constantly in that nice relieved and feeling. Again, I you say, know what I mean? So it's purgatory. No, it's not purgatory. Well, you can, you can decide if it's purgatory. All right. Um, when you look around, you know it's beautiful mountains. It's always sunset or sunrise. You know what I mean? It's always that beautiful dusk or it's the burning glow as the sun's just setting constantly. Every time you look anywhere, you kind of just see J.J. Abrams-esque lens flares <laughs> around you. It's uh, awesome, right? Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's I hate that's, when you that's come heaven. up with the five-star world. I really do. Um, as far as vegetation and plant life, Earth, who cares? It's Earth. There's forests and whatnot. You know what Earth is. Hell, it's... There's very little plant life, but it is down there. But what plant life there is, is dry and sharp and crackly. Usually it's going to cause some kind of rash if you get it on you. So, you know, if you walk through the grass, your feet are going to get itchy. And it's not going to be broken open lesions and now you're bleeding and have like a horrible disease. It's going to make your skin suck. A lot of dermatological problems in hell just because the plants suck. Pollen, you're always allergic to the pollen. So people down there are very sneezy. You know, no one's dying from this stuff. It just sucks. On the other hand, heaven is um, kind of a psychedelic looking transition of things blooming and growing really fast and turning towards the constantly setting suns. So when you look out on heaven, it's it's distracting and almost holds your focus a little bit too much because it's constantly shifting and moving and you can see new trees growing right in front of you and crumbling and dying, but then growing again So it's purgatory. I don't like that you always say that my world is like purgatory. This, to me, sounds <laughs> nice. Because You're watching to me, stuff, the constant like, decay and undecay, I guess, of a world. Like you, It's never truly one thing. It's always an in-between, which is how I see purgatory well, being. But here's my jam, right? You know Strawberry? when you see very classic pictures of heaven... <laughs> yes actually i prefer right. strawberry but anyways you know when you see very classic depictions of heaven it's kind of boring looking and very yeah. flat you know everything looks perfect but eventually that would get boring so in my world the difference between heaven and hell is for one thing hell's uncomfortable but hell's also always the same whereas heaven is that pleasant feeling of transition so when you look up at the sky the sun looks cool all the time but the sun looks best at sunrise and sunset that's what people always paint pictures of so that's what you're constantly seeing is the sun setting and then the sun rising in heaven because that's the best parts, right? Yeah. Same thing with plant life. It's cool to see plant life grow, but it's kind of boring and stagnant, so you can see it growing all the time. Anyways, heaven. Okay, so then animal life aside from aside from people. So hell is constantly hunting you and stalking you. There are beasts down there that are kind of like burning and smoking. They look ashen. Um, but they also all look rabid, afraid, and hungry. So you know that look that a wild animal has when normally it wouldn't hunt you, but it just got hungry enough that it's like, yeah, I'm going to snack on a person. That's what the beasts in hell look like. So when you see them, there's a good chance they're going to ignore you. But if they haven't eaten today, they might also try to bite your leg off, but you could probably win because they're like starving and weak. But they're still dangerous. You just can never know when they're going to be dangerous. 
they're always right on the cusp of getting desperate enough to try to hunt humans. Um, the other kind of thing about hell is just no matter what, you can never be comfortable there and feel like you have your back against a wall. You know how in your home you feel safe? Like, no one can get in here. I have four walls around me. No matter what, in hell, you always feel like something could probably get in here if it wanted to and bite my face off. It's not that it does happen. It's that you always feel like it could happen. Like, mm, I'm guessing there's something stalking me oh right gosh, now. <laughs> um, heaven, on the other hand, its animal life is all very subservient and musical. Okay. It's a lot of birds. Heaven's very mountainous. So there's a lot of, like, I'm going to say pretty mountain goats. But now that I'm saying mountain goats, that feels very unheavenly. <laughs> um, but in my heaven, there's mountain goats. Yeah, I mean, because the goat is a sign of the devil. Right, but not not in my world. So shut up. <laughs> my point is it's a lot of very beautiful like big eyed large fluffy animals that seem very happy they help you clean it's very Disney I had um, a waitress named Snow White once you know just all around yeah did, did you I actually have a waitress named Snow Anyways, White once go on did was she actually a prostitute because that's no, where it sounds no, like it was the a waitress at B-Dub. she said hi my name is Snow and then I looked at her name tag and it says Snow White I was like hell yeah <laughs> I was so happy. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> that is that is actually kind of funny. Um, anyways, okay. So now we're gonna talk about society. So long, long time ago in a galaxy far away, but not really because it's all on the same flat Earth. Um, there were constant wars between the denizens and the saved. The denizens are people that are like damned souls that live in hell, and the saved are people that are in heaven. And Earth was their battleground. They were constantly at war. Um, what we would call angels and demons were also sitting there marshalling these things. It was a very conflicting and tumultuous time. And eventually it got bad enough that it wasn't doing anyone any favors. And it, it was just kind of like destroying Earth and no one wanted that. So they um, came to an agreement to kind of limit heaven and hell's access to Earth. And the arrangement was that there were going to be three special groups of people, one for each plane of existence, that were allowed to pass between these different planes, and everyone else kind of had to stay where they were meant to be, right? So if you were human, you had to stay on Earth until you died, and then you either went to heaven or hell. If you were a demon, you had to stay in hell. If you were an angel, okay. you had to stay in heaven. The exceptions are reapers, guardians, and judges. Uh. So the guy that was in that story was a judge. Reapers um, try to, um, like, twist and pervert. I don't want to say pervert, but, you know, like, I, I guess kind of pervert is the right word. You know what I mean? To, like, twist people into being villainous. That's what Reapers try to do. They're like a negative influence in the world that tries to corrupt. Corrupt. That's what I was looking for. That tries to corrupt people. Um, they can be in a lot of different forms. They don't always look like demons proper. They can, but they can also just look okay. like normal people. And they're not meant to be explicit. They're supposed to be kind of subtle and have a subtle hand on corrupting people. Um, and then after someone dies, if they've been corrupted, they ferry their oh, souls down awesome. to hell. Guardians are basically the same thing but angels. So they try to uplift people. And then when someone dies, if they've been saved, they bring them up to heaven. And then judges are there to keep the peace between these two groups. So if a demon on earth gets too heavy handed and starts just like murdering people or like doing violence himself a judge will step in and kill that demon same thing if a guardian starts just removing free will from people and forcing them to all act peacefully a judge will step in then as well and like you know 
make the angel back off and allow people to have free will, right? The last function of a judge is that a judge can hear cases for people that believe that they have been inappropriately put in either place. So let's say you know that some family member died and went to hell, but you don't think they deserved it. You can hire a judge or convince a judge to go to hell, meet with the person and see if they deserve to be saved. The flip side is for every person a judge saves, another one from heaven has to be damned to take his place. So if someone in heaven ever starts acting all crazy sauce, they'll call in a judge to like drag him to hell because he's being super evil. Same thing, if someone in hell starts for some reason becoming an amazing person, a judge will be the person that goes and grabs them and saves them, right? But a balance always has to be maintained. When this first came out, people lived in like reverence and fear of these emissaries of each plane. So people were afraid and kind of diffident towards reapers and loved it when guardians showed up and respected judges as heroes that kept everything in line and would also sometimes save people. Oh, and then... Heaven and hell were actually places that people recognized. So a lot of times churches would be built around the portals to heaven and hell because that's the most likely places that guardians and demons would show up. So it was a very real part of the world. Like religion existed, but it's because like people met angels all the time. Like guardians were around. Um, Reapers were around. Like it was a very real part of the world. Um, But as time went on, that eventually kind of decayed. Um, to what is now like commonplace in today's society, right? So this is that was kind of ancient history. This is more modern. So um, as far as society in hell goes, because there is like a society in hell, cities exist. So does like shops and communities. All of these things exist, but it's absolutely lawless. So the people that succeed in hell are usually the most violent and. Um, just kind of prey on anyone weaker than them that is still a damned soul. So going there, it's very organized, but it's like rule okay, by yeah, mafia. Yeah. You know what I mean? The most powerful people down there are these big crime families that have died. So when you're in hell, it's just like a bunch of undead crime families. <laughs> oh, crap. A place to live. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Um, demons are generally not friendly, but aren't necessarily not friendly. They're kind of more there okay. to watch the show. So they won't necessarily hurt judges if they go down there, but at the same time, they don't really want damn souls to be saved. So they don't like judges. Um, Most people are like depressed or violent or paranoid. So judges jobs are very difficult and dangerous because even if a demon doesn't attack them, it's very possible that a denizen will because they're either paranoid or they're just violent or they don't want to come with them anyways. So this is pretty much like earth. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so the most dangerous people for judges are really denizens, which are like damned souls that have power in hell, which there are a lot of, you know, like big crime families and stuff. Um, heaven, on the other hand, is a society. Um, judges are not trusted and are generally not liked because if someone is saved and in heaven and a judge shows up and starts talking to them, it's kind of even odds that they're about to drag you to hell for doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you're a saved person, seeing a judge is like the worst day ever. They're kind of seen as like carrion people that like feed on, you know, bad luck and misfortune of people. So they're they're generally not liked. 
Heaven as a place is very homogenous and very unified. So judges are kind of the only outside force that is allowed into heaven. So they're usually disliked. Also, judges will get kicked out of heaven if they ever try to stay there. Or if they're just trying to sneak in to do something, guardians will actively like kick them out. So getting into heaven isn't as dangerous, but you have to be a lot more subtle. Because otherwise, you'll just get thrown out and have to try again. And it's you know an arduous journey to get there. So then society current on Earth. Um, people have basically forgotten about the Reapers, Judges, and Guardians at this point. Technology has grown to include the automobile, electricity, the telephone, and people have kind of thought of religion now as something kind of passe. It's basically become mythology. So stories that people tell, but no one really cares anymore. However, judges are still born. They still exist. They're chosen at birth, and no one really knows why. But they gain the um, innate ability to find portals to heaven and hell. Um, But people don't care anymore. So... (laughs) judges don't have to support themselves <laughs> like it used to be that in society they were important figures and heroes and society would support them in doing their job but now judges just have to make money off of their skill so currently judges basically function like private investigators desperate okay. families will hire them to go to hell and try to pull their family member out if they are deemed worthy they can also be hired to confirm location So if you think that, you know, a dead family member went to heaven or hell, you can hire a judge to go and find them and confirm it or like, you know, tie up a loose end, whatever. They're kind of almost like a combination between palm readers and um, private investigators, you know, or not palm readers, like crystal ball people. Yeah, and, I, honestly, that's exactly what I imagined when you said palm reader. So I'm glad we're yeah, on the same yeah. page. You said palm reader. Oh, yeah, like the person who reads the crystal ball, right? However, sometimes they have to do pro bono work, which is basically when a guardian or a demon shows up and tells them they have to pull someone either direction because there's been an imbalance. So that sometimes happens, too. The problem, though, is that it's a hard job because most people don't believe you exist and think that you're like a charlatan and a scammer. So most people don't trust judges anymore because they think of religion as mythology. And there are actually people that pretend to be judges and then just wander off and steal people's money. So it's hard to build up trust with a client base. So generally, judges are people that kind of live on the fringe of society and are just barely getting by and just kind of have to take work as it comes for anyone that asks them to do stuff. Um, And then that kind of leads into the story that I told at the beginning about Judge Sean who got hired to go and try to pull someone's husband out of hell and then got jumped. <laughs> so yeah, that's my world. That's yeah. Like I said, I hate when you have a five star world. Like I, I really hate I, when you I, have a five star world. I I liked this one. Once I, st- I I was really struggling with it, which is surprising because like I I really like the idea of a sub world. And so I thought this world was going to be really easy. And then I started trying to do it and it wasn't. And I couldn't think of anything. And then this one kind of hit me and I was like, oh, that's fun. Hell's private investigator. I love it. Well, it's, I, you said you would give yourself an A plus. I, I give you, well, sorry, you give yourself an A. I give you an A plus because yeah. like that was really clever, really fun to listen to. Like your story was hilarious. I you gave him a cheese okay, so- and put in there. Here's why that one's cheating a little bit. Um, The first game that I DM'd for uh, the Wandering Gamer Network was definitely Private Investigators. And I did opening monologues a lot like that all the time. Like for every new arc, I would do an opening monologue really similar to that. That's fun. So I was kind of 
I really need to have before. you DM a game for me. Like, you sound really fun. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I struggle with rules because I'm lazy and I don't like rules. So I, I'm a mixed bag. I would describe myself as a mixed bag. Yeah, of a no, DM. I think I think we need to do like a you Skype DM, like when me, Mel, and maybe some other people are together. You just Skype in, or you can be there in person. I don't know. I don't know how your schedule. Works. Hey, man, I'm I'm all about it. If you ever want to do it, I I, I, I am always it. willing to to master some dungeons. Um. Okay, I'm gonna go into my. So I found this topic a little hard because I wanted to do this topic, but I didn't want to copy off of someone else. Isn't that hard? Yeah. Like, when, when you really like a topic, it kind of makes it harder because the reason you like it is there's a bunch of stuff that already exists for it, so well, then you end up feeling derivative. Well, yeah, because I mean... Not I list, you, me, but... Well, I listed, like, a few for the example for the prompt, like, Stranger Things and um, something else. But, and then I thought, it's like, okay, well, pretty much everything kind of is a world within world. Technically, Harry Potter is a world within a world. Um, reboot. <laughs> pretty much... Is reboot? Yeah, yeah, reboot is. That's yeah, true. Because it's yeah, the I, was, I was thinking about it for a second. Games, yeah, and getting viral. I mean, Hellboy to me yeah. is like the honestly when you world started your world. like after your monologue when you started, I thought yours was going to be pretty much like Hellboy. It it has that it has that taste to it, it really a little does. bit. Um, I, I liked it. It <laughs> also, if if you've never seen the movie Dylan Dog on Netflix, it's it's a weird one. It's kind of old. But I it is know of great. that movie, but I've never watched it. I I love it. It is one of my favorite movies. It's very it's dated and it's very cliche, and I don't care. I love it. Yeah, but it's like, basically Constantine, but fun. But in think about it, even Toy Story is a world within a world. Like it's there's this idea is done a lot. So I wanted to do something different outside of that. I don't think I succeeded. I have something that's different, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay, so this is the worlds of the mundane and Unica. So I'm gonna start with Wait, my... are there muggles? Are there already muggles in this world, Jordan? Did you make muggles? I guess technically, yeah. Technically. <laughs> but anyways, so okay. I'm gonna start cool. with my story. It's kind of a one of the you walk down type things. But you walk slowly behind a stranger whom you've only met once. Confused, you think about what happened the other night. You were getting off the bus at your usual spot when you began to notice a large shadow following you. As you continued, the shadow followed, and you felt a large sum of emotions welling up inside you. Anger, sadness, aggression, fear, hatred, all flooded you at once, making you feel as if your head was going to explode. You mustn't stay here, you heard a voice call out, and the man that stands before you now had begun fighting the air behind you. He swung a small knife, and you saw small sparks of what you assumed was magic fly from his hands. Loud grunting and screeches were heard until the shadow on the ground stopped moving and eventually disappeared. You had stopped there staring in awe at what just happened. Ah, so you can see it? The man had said. Only bits and pieces, you responded nervously. Excellent. Meet me here in two days and I shall explain everything. The man quickly ran away. Following your own curiosity, you had... Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just seriously my brain just exploded right there yeah I, I know what you mean it sucks when you're like in the middle of reading something then you miss a word and you're like it's not even that I missed a word like I was on the right track but then my brain told me that I missed a word so I looked back to see what I missed and realized I didn't miss anything 
<laughs> and then realized I had stopped reading. It's like, oh, crap. Okay, so following your own curiosity, you had done as he said and met him in the same spot two days from your initial meeting. Now you Wait, silently follow behind on, him as he leads you to God knows where. What's up? Jordan, is his name Gandalf the Grey? No, it's not. And stop, because... Are, are you sure? No, it's, it's really not. I have a name for him. Okay. You and the mysterious man enter a rundown part of town where no one yeah, lives... Yeah, Gandalf. I get it. You and a mysterious man enter a rundown part of town where no one lives except the homeless who take shelter in the abandoned buildings. Coming up on what seems to be an abandoned house, the man knocks twice on the door and flashes a tattoo of a white and red rose on his wrist. The door clicks and opens, revealing a large, empty room. The man walks through the door, and you notice the door frame is shining a faint blue color. Come. This room will open your eyes to everything, the man calls out. He entered the room and suddenly... Wait. What? I have a question. Yes. Is, 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 this, is this like a meth house? Yes, Cody. A, he's going to do meth, and his mind's going to be opened. I think I meant opium den. I was thinking opium den. In the garden of Eden. In the <laughs> why in the garden of Eden? I, I'm sorry, that's just like my drug song that I like. Every time I think of drugs, that's the go-to song. Da, da, Is da, it because da, 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 that da. song has the wrong lyrics because the uh, singer was so drunk when he sang it, he couldn't say in the <laughs> yes, garden of Eden. In the garden of the Eden, or whatever the actual thing is, it's it's hilarious. But anyways. Uh, you enter the room and suddenly it is filled with people moving about at what seems to be small shops. They are all dressed with vibrant colors and have various weapons such as swords and small firearms on them. The man who brought you here is dressed in the same vibrant colors wearing a shining red jacket with a sigil of a wolf on it. He then leads you out back to a small porch area. The outside world now looks different. Instead of a rundown shanty town, you see a bright and lively village filled with people hustling around. Confused, you look at the man. Let me introduce myself. You can call me Selric. Welcome to Unica. Any questions before I actually get into the meat of this? No, but I, I, I like this so far. This actually reminds me a lot of Hellboy. Not not in a copying way, in a good oh, way. Oh, no. Like, everything I did feels copying. Okay. Um, hey, man. No one's, like, no one's creative. We're all just sponges. So, the rest of this is going to be, like, what Selric is saying to you. So Yeah, that's cool. I get yeah. you. You see, Earth- Does Selric have a cool voice? No, I'm just going to do my voice because I am Selric. Selric is I. Okay. <laughs> deep, deep stuff. Yeah, man. Okay. Now you got me on, the freaking, right. on that road, even though you didn't want me to go there. I went there. In the- I, need, I need water first. I'm sorry. I can't do this. I need some water before I can get back to that sweet in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden. Okay. You see, Earth actually has two planes of existence on it. They overlap each other. Both of the planes inhabit the same space, but usually nothing crosses between them unless they first cross one of our magical gateways. You see, you have been living in the mundane, as we call it. The mundane is the first plane. We call it mundane due to the monotonous and bland lives you lead on the other side. To you, the mundane... Due to how it sucks. Yes, exactly. (laughs) To you, the mundane is a plane where... Technology strives, and you have advanced way past our world. All of the same land exists here, but you see the things physically built in the mundane only exist here as shadows and shells. Some places, like this checkpoint, we have built on the same land because we know it is safe to build on. But, as you see, your large cities and skyscrapers have not crossed over into this land. None of the people you know exist over here either. 
These are two separate existences that exist on one planet, though there are some exceptions. Weather happens the same in both worlds. When it is storming in yours, it is also storming in ours. We would, we would have never known your world existed if one of our ancestors had not toyed with space and reality magic and tore holes into both of our worlds. These are the gates that we use to get back and forth. You walk through one of them when you enter the building. Anything? Or can I keep going? Huh? No, okay. I'm good. I'm not interrupting you. What do we? No, I, I mean, I expect you to like. I it's not interruptions as much as a conversation. So I stopped and give you time to give a conversation. So we're not just talking to each other. I, I understand. Okay. I understand. Anyways, you are special. But I'm good. I got you. You are special because only those who have magic in them can even notice the existence of the two planes. Some of our people will never know the existence of yours, while most of your people will never know the existence of ours. You see, magic runs through this land, and we have strived on creating new magics in order to further the advancement of our people. Our magic here is used the same way as your technology. We imbue items with magic in order to support our land. For example, we use crystals to store energy to act as lights or beacons or energy sources for tools and vehicles. Magic is taught in this land, but magic used to harm other living beings is strictly prohibited by the laws of this world. The laws differ from country to country, but there are general human rights laws, such as in your world. The mundane... Jordan, you know what I'm thinking? Laws are meant to be broken, yo. Laws are meant to be broken. Let's mess stuff up. (laughs) Oh my gosh. See, this is why you can't live in a new world. (laughs) (laughs) You're just too much of a jerk. (laughs) You're like always wanting to kill things, and I can't have you kill a You're there for two seconds, and you're trying to kill unicorns. Yeah, I did, didn't I? Well, anyways, <laughs> how about that? The mundane, on the other hand, is devoid of most magic and had to find other means to strive, such as technology. There are those who have some magical talents, though they try to make their talents seem much greater than they are, and that's when you get charlatans who call themselves psychics or magicians. These acts of magic and card trips tricks are simple cantrips in our world that nearly everyone can do. The psychics can only grasp at mere fibers of what our psychics can see. As I said before, Magic is taught here. You either go to school to learn a trade that will help your community, or you learn how to hone and use the type of magic you are most comfortable with. There are many schools of magic, just as there are many different majors and professions in your world. Here in Unica, there are many kingdoms that inhabit this world. Most kingdoms have united under unified banners in order to allow their countries to strive. These central governments work together to control their continents. So that being said, the great continents have a unified council that acts as the government to control the smaller kingdoms. I am of the kingdom of Ezra, which controls most of what your people call North America. Our sigil is the wolf, (laughs) and we promote peace in the lands connected to our own. We have an alliance with the unity of Aegis, the continent of the eagle, that inhabits the land that you call South America. We have also allied ourselves with the united kingdom of Sionis, the snake, Calum, the cheetah, and Terrace the Antelope, which inhabit what you call Africa, and the Diamond Capitals, which inhabit the lands of Europe. We keep an eye on the kingdoms... Jordan. Jordan. I heard about a land of snake. Is that where you live? Do you live in the land of snakes? Their symbol is the snake. There aren't actual snake people. It's like Slytherin. That's a shame, It's like Slytherin. You would be a Slytherin. I am a Slytherin. (laughs) Like, no joke. I am a Slytherin, Uh, and my my Patronus that I did for the Patronus test is a freaking flying snake. It's Okami. 
It's a flying snake. Yeah. So like straight up snakes all around, buddy. Snakes all around. Make it rain snakes. Jordan, I think you might be evil. I honestly think I might be evil. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned about. I am you very now. concerned I'm, I'm about it. <laughs> Avada Kedavra. What a wonderful <laughs> phrase. Avada Kedavra. Anyways, I need to focus. You went first, so I just like am totally scatterbrained right now. Don't make okay, excuses. Keep... I don't. I don't want to hear excuses. Jordan. Okay, can I go? Yeah, you can go. I'm okay. listening. I'm paying attention. I care. We keep an eye- I'm a good friend. We keep an eye on the kingdoms that inhabit the lands of Russia and Asia. These lands are hostile, but with laws and treaties, we have avoided all-out wars with them. The lands refer to themselves as the Black Sparrows. The lands of the Black Sparrows have rejected our alliance and created their own alliance and own laws. They are hostile to our so alliance and generally keep out of all matters regarding the allied countries. Yes, I mean Yeah, I get you. Communists. Yes. They're evil. I get it. The and your heaven the dirty was purgatory. The reds. Anyways, we have broke. <laughs> Why do we always have to hurt each other, Jordan? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Wars have broken out and treaties have been signed, but now it is mostly a cold war of threats and magical development. Let- wow, really? The communists? Yeah, I really did make <laughs> magic communists is what I tried to make. <laughs> Lastly, there are some lands we have never been able to venture out to in the Great Ocean. While we have magic, some areas of the Great Ocean are truly treacherous, and great beasts lie in these waters. But we have been exploring the areas as best we can. The only fear is that the Black Sparrows will control those areas and find magics unimaginable. There have been wars and land squabbles, but recently, most of our lands have come together to fight a common enemy. We call them the Malice. The Malice are what we call the monsters that have begun sprouting up all over the nations. The monsters can vary in size, the smallest being around the size of a baseball, while the largest one discovered was the size of a skyscraper in your land. The malice kill whatever comes near them, but also have an effect on your land as well. The malice emit a type of negative energy that in our land of Unica just corrupts the land around it. The animals we have go insane and the plant life turns poisonous, but across the plain to your land, the malice corrupts the mind. While most may not be able to see the malice, they feel the effects. The malice breed thoughts of depression, anxiety, fear, anger, and aggression. The malice are blind to our world, but we believe that they can see into your world. They seem to gather at areas where your population is the thickest. The larger ones can affect whole cities, while the smaller ones affect only a single human. They corrupt the minds of anyone they get near. We believe that the reason why there has been a rise in negativity and human aggression in your world is because the malice have increased in numbers. The wars, terrorism, internet trolls, riots, violence, and rising crime, we believe that all of this is due to the malice. Come on, Cody. I was trying. I was really trying. You're just laughing at me. Wars, terrorists, murderers, internet trolls. I mean, I was honestly, I was like reading the news cycle. And I'm like, oh, I need a reason to explain this. So I just threw it. Oh, I need a reason to hate trolls. I, I get it, man. Uh, there are actual trolls. up okay, there are not. Act- yeah, you know what? There's actual trolls in this world. Let's throw that in there. Um, So they believe that internet trolls are just like trolls who can use the internet. Okay, I'm just, I should not yes and myself. This is bad. Okay. No, I like this. Yes, and. Uh, the trolls are big and smelly. Yes, and. <laughs> we have not found... 
They live in basements. <laughs> yes, and. So it's the guy who's currently in a basement. I am, but it's my own basement, yeah. so it's okay. And I put carpet okay, in my basement. Can I move on, please? This episode is super long. I'm basement proud. <laughs> we have not yet found where they come from, but we believe that the malice have always existed in your plane. Some believe that they have recently gained form in our plane. Now, these malice have grown strong enough to exist in both worlds at once. Due to the problem of the malice, the allied kingdoms have created an elite group called the Hunters to both investigate the malice and hunt down and kill them using any means necessary. We Hunters... That's kind of violent. They're giant monsters. I also tried to form this like a video game, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) (laughs) We Hunters are allowed to use the gates in order to cross into the mundane. While in the mundane, we study and investigate the malice. Some malice have a greater presence in the mundane, so we have to cross into your world in order to take them out. But, most of our fighting is done in this plane as we can see the malice here. These malice are sometimes strong enough to create a shadow that is visible to those with slight magic. But outside of that, they only exist in your world as concepts of negativity. Only the hunters are allowed to cross into the mundane. Each of the gates is marked with a symbol of the hunters, a red and white rose. To become a hunter, it takes intensive training in both magic and combat. Despite the ban on using battle magic, hexes and jinxes, hunters are allowed to use any magic they like in order to take out the malice. The malice seem to be weak to magical spells using light as the basis. This makes sense because the malice seem to have dark properties. All candidates of the hunters must take rigorous test in order to join the rings and venture out into the world to fight the malice. This area here is a checkpoint and used specifically by the hunters. Inside the building is where vendors gather to sell magical items. The checkpoint is created and sponsored by the allied countries. This is for the hunters to use as they will to gather materials, rest, and team up with other hunters. These checkpoints are always created around the gate as we need to change into clothes appropriate to explore the mundane. Information to find areas afflicted by the malice are found here. These checkpoints are controlled and looked after by diplomats from each of the allied nations. If those who are not certified hunters try to enter the checkpoint, they are stopped and sent away. These diplomats report back to the kingdom, often through use of communication crystals. These work like a holograph phone in one of your world's movies. So, like, you know, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Missions to hunt special malice are taken out by each country. These bounties or hunts are approved by the diplomats of the country that the malice existed. Only those who are qualified to talk louder and ignore me. (laughs) What, Cody? Uh, Jordan, you can't just talk over me, all right? So here's my question. How does one become licensed to become a hunter? go to school. They choose that as their path through school. They take rigorous tests, and you clearly weren't paying attention to me. You know, now that you say that, I do. I literally explained exactly how to become a hunter, and then you asked me, "How do you become a hunter?" You, you did. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say my bad on that one, buddy. That was, that was all me. You said it. I forgot it. That's what happened. I'm not proud. You know, I, I am owning the up to it. The kingdoms of this world have all guarded themselves against the malice. Rather than using their armies to I wage war against each other, as done in the past, the armies are used to protect their kingdoms from creatures that will wander into their realms. Though the countries outside of the alliance sometimes try to use the malice attacks to their advantage in order to gain the upper hand against our alliances, whether this is using the distraction to send a spy, uh, sorry, send in a spy or attempt assassinations, 
the nations of the Black Sparrows are always looking to attack. Self-preservation is key in this world. Right. The hunters do not venture into countries that are not part of the Alliance. As it is too dangerous to deal with both the Black Sparrows and the Malice, we keep to ourselves in our own countries. So you may have noticed some of those areas in your worlds are being corrupted. It is a shame, but we have our own world to worry about. And um, that's pretty much the end of Makes my world. Um, hunters are allowed to take apprentices, so that is prom- pretty much where I wanted to end the story up. But as I was writing that, I realized it was pretty corny. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. No, I like that. I like I like hunters' yeah. apprentices. That's kind of cool. It's fun. Okay, so my last line that I wrote, since you don't think it's that- too corny, the last line I wrote is: "So I give you this choice: stay in this world and learn to be a hunter with me, or go back to your world and continue life in the mon- mundane. What say you?" And this. No, that's not a oh, corny end. That's good. Corny. Anyways, that's my world. No, no, I, no, that's fine. I mean, Makes I did sense. take a lot from like Harry Potter and like some of the worlds that have magic that is hidden to like normal humans. And kind of made it into that. Yeah, but that's fine. That so I, I made a fantasy land. I didn't want to start with the fantasy land, but I made a fantasy land, but also created this malice to kind of like tie the two worlds together. It balances yeah. itself I, out for yeah, sure. I, I, I enjoyed this, but it was kind of a harder idea to do. Oh, wait, shoot, Jordan. I you just realized something. I get to roll, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so ready. I'm getting, I'm getting yep, up I'm my getting roll, out chart. roll chart. Too. I think I replaced everything that was already used. <sighs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Roll the world chart. was designed Let's to make this. a product. What is that one? I don't no, know. That one's yours, yours, man. I did not write that one. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of like um, Frick from that movie. Uh, it's not a Cloud movie. Atlas. It's a book. Uh, no. Hitchhiker's oh, Guide to the yeah. Galaxy. See, where the that, Earth exactly. Was a, that is the your Earth idea. I would never put that. I'm going to put that. Write down that example. I don't actually just so like I have that a book. Thing to know. Well, let me tell you what we're... A hundred years after a spaceship landed. Okay. That's that's ours. You that's do not sound do. excited about that at all. I really wanted to roll a 14. What? I want to roll a 14 so bad. Next hit teen dystopian drama. <laughs> I know. I'm excited about that. That's like the golden I am goose. really sad that we did oh, not so end up with create your anime world in this round. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. We'll get there. Soon. Soon. I like. I honestly okay. thought that was going to be okay. the next one that you could roll that twenty. I was going to be so happy. But you could only roll that twenty once, apparently, your for your freaking for dragon world. Yeah. Okay. Well, we need to end the episode. Dragon world's the um, boost. This has been World Shop. You can check me out on Twitch eventually. We're going to be doing our live shows probably there. Um, and Cody, you can check him out on the Wandering Gamer Network. It's been fun. Yeah, check us out. We play Dungeons and Dragons, and we also play uh, Crystal Heart, which is based on a webcomic. Right. It's pretty great. Well, check us out at both of those places. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.